Welcome to the summer series of Culture Factor. I'm Holly Shannon. When I spoke at this year's NFTMYC, I used my downtime to interview the experts about their engagement in the Web3 space. We've talked on Culture Factor a lot about what Web3 is and how it's being used, but I wanted to try and understand why. Almost every person I spoke to had a similar reason for being part of Web3. They all wanted to help fulfill our most basic, fundamental, evolutionary need, connection. Over the next few weeks, I'm going to explore the methods that artists, collectors, and businesses use to bring about connection. I'll break down the whys, not just the what's, of this new digital space we find ourselves in. Hello, Culture Factor family. Welcome back to the Summer Series. Now, throughout this episode, I'm going to refer to a few ideas from week one of this series, so you might want to go back and listen if you haven't already. Last week, we closely examined user experience in Web3 in terms of accessibility and community. Businesses, collectors, and artists work together to design the user experience, but I'll take it one step further. They also design the web itself. Web3 is not a whole new language. It's just a new dialect of a language that's been around since 1972 and and before. So Web3 needs, just like tactically, functionally, Web3 can't work without the Web2 infrastructure and Web2 can't work without the Web1 backbone. So all of those things are connected. This is a really cool, I mean, CoasterPunks is a fun project because, you know, we've got 15-year-old Web3 designers working alongside 60-year-old Disney Imagineers and and everybody in between. So that's a really, really cool way to see all of this stuff come together in, in ways that make every faction pretty happy. You probably recognize that voice again. That's Will Pemble of Coaster Punks. I interviewed him a few weeks ago and then had the good fortune to meet up with him again at NFT NYC. So he's in last week's episode. And the reason why he's back is he explains this idea so well, that Web 2 and Web 3 are not discrete entities. They are not even distinct from Web 1. All of these iterations of the web are extensions, evolutions of each other. They are present in one another. From my conversations, I've gathered that one problem many businesses are trying to solve for is the user's perception that Web3 is entirely separate from Web2. And as a result, they'll have to do an overwhelming amount of work just to participate in it. This ties into last week's discussion of accessibility and user experience. How are people working to make Web3 accessible for users? I think we're, we're seeing a lot of interest from people that want to be in the Web3 space and don't know how to get started, and they don't want to take on the technical burden of building it out, auditing a contract, making sure that it's safe. You've seen a lot of projects that have had uh, you know, security breaches or they got locked out or anything like that. We, create a, we have an environment that's safe for people to come in, create a collection, and launch it. And the other thing I forgot to mention, too, is that we like to build ourselves as a Web 2.5 company. As much as we are forward-thinking and want to be decentralized with Web 3, we understand that the majority of people are not there yet. So we have an unbranded wallet that lives inside of a brand's website, and all you need is a login with email or a, a social login like Google, and all of a sudden you're in and you can buy an NFT with a credit card if you wanted to. If you're a little bit more advanced like us, you can connect your MetaMask and you can export your NFT if you want to and sell it on the secondary market. So we're seeing people that are very excited about the space and have no uh, knowledge on where to get started come on board. 
but we also import contracts and we also work with people that are more advanced that are looking to offer utility to NFTs, which is really where the value comes. Nico mentioned some terms like decentralization and unbranded wallet. We will talk about the importance of these concepts as they relate to connection in a few weeks. So please put a pin in this and keep it in your mind. For now, here's what I want you to take away from what Nico said. Moonwalk's efforts to create an accessible platform are design strategies. In addition to designing the user experience, they are designing new technology redesigning existing technologies to be more accessible and contributing to the overall design of Web3. I'm going to repeat that. In addition to designing the user experience, they are designing new technology. They are redesigning existing technologies to be more accessible and contributing to the overall design of Web3. The Nemesis has similar design strategies. So this is where I'm going to introduce Alessandro de Grandi so that you can hear a little bit about what he's doing with his platform. We move people right now step by step from social, from the, their comfort zone to something that is new. And we prepare for a new economy in terms of Web3. If you want a Web3, we have Web3. If you are, you are not ready with Web3, we have all digital assets that work in a digital way, classical web too. The Nemesis is also using gamification to increase users. And by using gamification, they are creating their product to be familiar by design. The drive of Metaverse right now are the gamification because uh, all type of gamification, because uh, um, the people that moving from other platform are player. So they know how does it work, this type of concept, and they know how does it work, this uh, ecosystem. I believe the Nemesis Metaverse is really working towards taking what's familiar uh, from social network and from Web2 and taking that mass market and moving them into Web3 with as little friction as possible. So I think that um, by design, they're trying to make a more comfortable transition. So it's pretty exciting. Um, we've heard how businesses are using design to help users adapt to changes in their experience. But what has changed for people on the back end? I met Jovi accidentally. She was creating a painting for Bullyverse. You probably remember uh, Tyler Caffey from last week. She's new to NFT. She's only been in it about a year. Um, and we talked about how her design process has evolved along with Web3. She is creating an experience that introduces the digital and physical, which is the best of both worlds. Um, however, I'm going to say I think the medium of painting and the collector actually putting it on the wall will stay close to her heart, but I think she's also really enjoying how um, developing NFTs is allowing her to collaborate in, in new and interesting ways. Me personally, I love painting because it's so therapeutic, right? And I don't get that same feeling when I do digital art. It's not the same, right? So I appreciate the medium of painting just because of that. But um, I enjoy both equally, like because uh, painting, if you actually screw up once, it's just done. The painting is done, right? But uh, like with the digital art, you have an undo button, right? So there's like different, um, different, uh, different things that work out for both. So, so I really like both of them. Next up is Tammy Lovin. 
She told me about how design innovation and Web3 changed not only her design strategies, but what it means to be a product designer in Web3. And personally, to be honest, for the past two years, I stopped um, learning new software because I did find like secondary apps, just like a phone app or an iPad app that do a lot of the work that I used to do, you know, by modeling and trying to fit stuff 3D wise. And now it's like really, you, you don't have to have any type of 3D knowledge. Like take, for instance, VR, right? You can model in VR just by taking your joysticks or, you know, depending on what one type of VR you have. And you can just like go in gravity stage, just like wave your, you know, hands around there. And at the end of it, you can just like export an STL or a GBL or something. Uh, no, GLB, sorry. Um, and you can just like, put it on OpenSea and the platforms automatically let you, you know, um, go through it. You know, you can just like turn it around and like play with it. So it can be a 3D type of NFT, even though you don't actually know how to model stuff. And I think the more time goes on and the more all of the softwares progress towards people knowing less and less technical aspects of it. So they open up to as many non-designed school, schooled people, you know. I think it's really going that way. And th things are easier by the day. Like, for instance, when I first started doing AR, Spark AR was really, um, I don't know, you couldn't find tutorials, you couldn't find a community that would talk. Now there are so many tutorials online. You don't have to know stuff beforehand. You just go there, you just like follow all the clicks. It's super simple. And you can even, you know, you can even import something from VR that you did in tilt brush or paint or, you know, stuff like that. It's super easy. So don't you worry about that. Nobody worry about that. In two years time, everybody, I think it's going to be able, you know, to just do like 3D stuff really, really easy. There are like a bunch of apps for that. Yeah. So I, my, my job is being obsolete very soon. <laughs> Tammy has learned how to adapt and in that adaption, she has come up with some incredible ideas. I'm now working on a very, very cool project that it is um, about a wearable, which I'm actually wearing right now. It is an aura ring, which is a smart ring that basically tracks all your um, bio data, you know, like changes in temperature, uh, beats per minute, like from your heart, you know, all that kind of stuff, like a wearable usually trace tracks, you know, like a Fitbit or an Apple smartwatch or stuff like that. And I'm actually linking that to an artwork. So basically the collectors are going to have a very, very special link to me, the artist, because they're going to know infos like how much I slept last night, you know, like how many hours I slept because of the way the artwork that's going to change you know it's going to be through the async art platform where you can basically input um, data real time and the artwork changes so that's kind of like my way of doing utility you know it's more like an art performance rather than offering extra perks it's more like an insight into my life it's it's generally about having a small community of collectors and a very special relationship with them. 
The amount of sheer creativity and design prowess that is exhibited in Tammy's work is so impressive to me. I think it is fair to say that her job has changed in some ways that she may not love, but can you imagine the incredible things that will come next? I think my job is like slowly going to transition from a modeler and renderer to more like a curator of AI results, you know, and just like tweaking AI results, which I'm no gatekeeper, by the way. I don't gatekeep 3D. It's like as more people as they can come, the, the more and better the community is going to be, you know, and we can all help each other develop better, prettier stuff, you know, whatever. Um, but I think my job is actually becoming easier and easier with the help of AI because I'm going to just do final tweaks instead of just like starting everything from scratch, which is honestly amazing because as long as imagination, you know, it's still human, I, I, I don't, I mean, it is a joke that I'm becoming obsolete in a way in the technical aspect, just like you mentioned, but the output is still going to be, you know, collab between human and machine, which is great. And I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be like, like super interesting times ahead. Tammy's work is so important. I'm going to release our entire interview as its own episode because I think you need to hear more from her. I think Will and Nico and a couple other of our guests have really demonstrated that Web 2 and Web 3 are not separate entities. Uh, you can call it Web 2.5, you can call it whatever you want. Um, and each of the interviews explain different aspects of the design and how the design is an important method of Web 3's ultimate goal, which we believe and we hope is connection. But I think at the heart of it, it's going to be the artists and the collectors that really define um, what connection means to them. And I think it's going to be on them to demonstrate to all of the companies that are building out in Web3 what is their true expectation. So my Culture Factor family, how does Web3 design impact your user experience? I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Wherever you leave a message, know that I'll engage with you and others will too. And I may even share your thoughts on the show. This summer is coming in hot. Please share this episode of Culture Factor now and listen with your friends. It's always more fun that way. And don't forget the rosé. Season four of Culture Factor is produced by Pale Blue Studios.